Folks, if we would just look upon people as being God's creations, we won't have a problem with, um, you know, the color of skin or the, the sound of their voice, their accent or, or their height or, or their bone structure or, or where they come from. We won't have a problem with that. These are precious souls for whom Jesus Christ died. Well, I've made mention to you that uh, from my studies of this and my studies uh, span um, decades on the book of, of Proverbs. Uh, I was first introduced to the need for wisdom in my last pastorate in the city of Ottawa. And I had to take a little business on the side. I had to start a little business because the church was so small, had to put bread on the table. And I found myself in serious need of wisdom. I wasn't a businessman. I wasn't trained in business. I didn't have an MBA or uh, an MIC or, you know, any of that stuff. And I, I needed to know what to do because I'd heard of so many people going out of business with disastrous results. And I didn't want to be just another um, shipwreck. And so I cried out to God, Lord, help me. And the Lord directed me to the book of Proverbs. And I spent the next two years of my life studying Proverbs over and over and over and over again, looking for everything I could find on business. How do you run a business? And I found six topics dealing with customers, customer complaints and looking after customers. And I found um, all kinds of other things on doing the job properly and on finances and things like that. <clears throat> I put all of these things into six categories and I studied them from uh, Monday to Saturday. And I took Sundays off and I would study these cards and I still have them in a little box. They're like a little treasure chest. That was my real introduction to the book of Proverbs. And that was, um, how many years ago would that be? It's over 25 years, something like that. Maybe, in, maybe it's not quite 30. Maybe it is 30. I'm not sure. I'd have to sit down and figure it out, but it's well over 25 years. And so uh, my, my love for the book of Proverbs has just grown and grown and grown. And I hope you love the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs will do you good. I want to suggest that you, you read Proverbs, read Psalms. They're good for the heart. And Proverbs is good for the head. So tonight we're going to start in on the paths of wisdom, the good paths of wisdom. Now I have found that there are about 12 different paths that we take. Um, many of us will be taking most, if not all of these 12 paths. Some of us will uh, not be taking some of these paths yet. Uh, so you may be taking nine of the 12 or whatever. Now these paths, uh, 12 paths, this is just according to my studies over the years. And I've put them into a certain order. Again, it's only just the fruit of my labor but I've gone over it and over it and over it and over it. And I continue to go over it. And I think that it's, it's fairly accurate. Now you may find a 13th path or a 14th. Let me know what you find. 
but I've read through Proverbs so many times. I mean, I could almost quote it in my sleep and all of the different verses and so on. And they seem to fall into 12 paths. What's so special about 12? Oh, 12 disciples, right? Oh, 12 tribes of Israel. No, it's just 12. Just 12. I don't see any connection with the tribes of Israel, you know, or the, the 10 toes of the uh, statue of Daniel's uh, vision there or whatever. I don't see any connection like that. There's just 12, but it's just according to my studies. So I'm going to start off with them tonight. And my plan is to get through half of them. And so if you have your notes and a pen, let's get ready. If you couldn't print off the notes, that's all right. You can just write them longhand. You can do that. But the first path of wisdom that all of us should be walking is called righteousness, righteousness. So write that in. Number one is righteousness. And it means living a life that is pure and holy before God. Now in the book of Proverbs, it's also referred to, it's also called uprightness, uprightness. And it's also called integrity, integrity. Now we've got a couple of blanks to fill in. And I'd like you to write in the first blank chapter two, verse nine. So unless we go to a different book, uh, All these are going to be found in Proverbs. All right. So chapter two, verse nine, which says, then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity. Yea, every good path. And these are good paths. And if we go to chapter 11, that's the next blank chapter 11 verses three and five chapter 11 verse three says the integrity of the upright shall guide them but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. And verse number five, the righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. And so we are, we're having verses here that tell us that righteousness or uprightness or integrity, it's kind of the same path here that this is a, a very important, it's a key path. And I like to put this one first. Now we have also another blank there and that's 14 verse two, chapter 14, verse two, he that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord, but he that is perverse in his ways despiseth him. And so we have this pathway called righteousness Now, Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, chapter six, there's where we have the spiritual warfare and we put on the armor of God and verse 14, righteousness is called what it's called. Uh, starts with the letter B. Do you know it? Breastplate. Yes. And we have a picture of a breastplate, an armor breastplate here, a soldier's breastplate off to the right hand side. Now this one is very important to be living a life. Uh, that's pure and holy. This is going to include, you might want to jot this down, I suppose, but this is going to include reading the Bible and praying. That's your meat and potatoes. Essentially, as you're reading the Bible, there's the Lord speaking with you and you get on your knees or get on your face and you pray. And that's you speaking with the Lord and you need this 
back and forth. It's interactive. That time in your prayer closet is not really some little option, take it or leave it. It's an essential. And if you cut your prayer closet, you are cutting your chance at righteousness and wisdom. I encourage you. Your lifeline is found in your prayer closet. Please. You say, well, I'm very busy. Well, who made you that busy? How did you get that busy? Did someone put a gun to your head and make you that busy? Well, no, no, I guess I made myself that busy. Well, then unmake some of that busy. Not completely, obviously, but just clear your schedule a little bit and put God as your first priority. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. So it's very important. You take the time, make the time. You take it from other things if you have to, but you put God first. You honor him first in your prayer closet, reading your Bible, looking for God's will, God's promises. You're absorbing it. You're studying it. You're memorizing a few verses. And then you get down and you pray and pray earnestly, pray for wisdom, pray for protection. This is what's really going to give you an oomph in righteousness. All right. So this is the first path, righteousness. And it's a path that every Christian, every born again, man, woman, young person needs to be walking. If you're not walking a pathway of righteousness, then, uh, I don't know. You're walking a path of unrighteousness or you're walking the devil's pathway or something. You need to be walking a pathway of righteousness. And remember Ephesians put on as a breastplate, the breastplate of righteousness. Okay. Number two, number two is judgment. J U D G M E N T judgment, judgment. What is that? Judgment is recognizing God's divine allotment. A L L O T M E N T God's divine allotment and helping to establish it. It refers to important decisions. Judgment always basically has something to do with important decisions that are made like that of a judge. And here we have a picture of a judge off to the left here perhaps making an important decision affecting someone's life. And of course the decisions that are made and their consequences. Now the first little blank, write down chapter one, verse three, chapter one, verse three, it says to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity. So there is judgment mentioned there. Also the next blank Chapter two, verse nine, then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment. You see, and the next blank put in chapter 21, chapter 21, verse three and verse 15, chapter 21, verse three to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And I'd like you to write down in the margin there somewhere, a little extra verse. First Samuel chapter 15 and verse 22. First Samuel 15 and 22. That's when the prophet Samuel came to King Saul 
and basically told him the same thing that he said to obey is better than sacrifice. And you can look that one up later. And also in chapter 21, I mentioned verse 15. It says it is joy to the just to do judgment. It is joy to the just to find God's divine allotment to help establish it. And so this speaks of times when you need to, to be like a judge. Sometimes mom and dad, in order to settle things in the home, they have to kind of act a little bit like a judge. The next blank you want to write in is 24 and verse 23, 24 and verse 23. And it says, these things also belong to the wise. It is not good to have respect of persons in judgment. If someone has done wrong, they're going to have to suffer the consequences. Whether, you know, they're popular or unpopular. That's good wisdom, isn't it? Now, Proverbs 29 verse 6 says that every man's judgment cometh from the Lord. Now, this is important because it helps establish in our minds what judgment is. It's God's divine allotment and helping to establish it. All right, let's move on with number three, the third pathway. Now, again, remember, perhaps you're a young person in home and, and maybe you're not in a place of, of being able to be a judge over anything, but you are in a place to walk righteousness. So you might be walking pathway number one, but not yet pathway number two. Maybe that'll come later on for you. Now, Number three, number three is justice, justice. What is justice? Justice is establishing what is right and just establishing what is right and just. And of course, our first blank, we write in chapter one, verse three to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment. And also the second blank, I'd like you to write in chapter 21 and verse three, 21 verse three to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And we had that verse just before, didn't we? So again, very important justice is establishing what is right and just. Now a good example of this can be seen in Psalm 82. So write that in there in the blank Psalm 82 and verse number three. Now I'm doing all the work here for you tonight. So uh, I hope you appreciate that right in pastor. We appreciate that. So Psalm 82 and verse three, here it is here. It says, defend the poor and fatherless do justice to the afflicted and needy. Remember, justice is establishing what is right and just. That's what justice is. And again, this may not be a pathway that you are currently called upon to walk, but maybe one day you will. So this is pathway number three. And you can see a little picture off to the right. And we got the weight scales of right and wrong. And now we come to number four. Number four is the word equity. E-Q-U-I-T-Y. E-Q-U-I-T-Y, equity, and it means to be fair and equal with people. Fair and equal with people. 
these days in the world, we've got so much unfairness that's going on. We've got um, a lot of it happening in the States, but it's happening in Canada too. And it's happening in Europe and different places. But we had um, the black lives matter. Now, granted uh, the black people have been sorely oppressed and, and run down over the centuries that they were slaves in America. So there's a lot of that. Uh, Canada didn't really have so much of that. We weren't into that. Although I did read somewhere that if you go back far enough, there was a little bit of that sort of thing. There could have been, that's a black eye on any nation. I think slavery slave trade is not of God. God's not into that sort of thing. England abolished it. They were into the slave trade. It was John Newton. He was involved with the slave trade and worked for a, a miserable old sea captain. And his wife was even worse. She was a real Jezebel, but they were involved in raiding uh, uh, little um, uh, villages in Africa and hauling away men and women and children in chains and things. Horrible, horrible business. He got saved though and came out of it and was a big proponent to help push for the abolishing of the slave trade. John Newton. He's the guy who wrote amazing grace. But um, now of course we've got um, the attack on the Asians now, don't we? And I just read that uh, there's someone said there's been 1100 um, racial attacks against Asians here in in Canada. I wasn't aware of that folks. If we would just look upon people as being God's creations, we won't have a problem with, um, you know, the color of skin or the, the sound of their voice, their accent or, or their height or, or their bone structure or, or, or where they come from. We won't have a problem with that. These are precious souls for whom Jesus Christ died. And we as members of God's family, it's our duty. It's our responsibility to love them. And to do that, there needs to be equity. It means to be fair and equal with people. And in the, uh, the blanks there, you uh, can write down chapter one, verse three. Did I give you that already? Chapter one, verse three and chapter two, verse nine. Now those verses, we won't go over them because you have them now three times, I think there, but look, a good example of equity is found in chapter 11, verse one. So write that in Proverbs chapter 11, verse one. Here's an example here of equity, a false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. The balances they would use back then, they would put a a certain weight on one side and then they would put the goods in the other. And of course, when they balance, you're getting say one pound of something, but some crooks, you know, they would put maybe a, Oh, a half a pound or something in there. And they would just crook you that way. You know, they would cheat you. And that's abomination. Remember abomination means that your stomach stomach is sick. You just want to vomit and throw up over something just horrible to God. A false balance is abomination. Jesus Christ would never, ever, ever, ever sit at a table and shortchange you. Some people, when they go through the checkout, if the cashier somehow makes a mistake and gives them too much, doesn't charge them enough, doesn't read the price right or something, you know, they think, Oh, Oh, we are in the money. Jesus would never do a thing like that. If he was going through the cash and 
he saw they made a mistake, he would politely point it out. You've made a mistake. You didn't charge me enough. Oh, yes, you see, it's a, it's a, it's a three. It's not a two. You should have charged me $3, not $2. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I would have lost my job had I made that mistake. You see, as believers, as children of God, there must be equity. We must treat people with equity. And this is a pathway that every child of God needs to walk. And this is a pathway of wisdom. If you want to know how to live, you want to live according to wisdom. Now, also, we have another example uh, in um, Matthew 7, verse 12. And that's where in the Sermon on the Mount, this is under number four, we're finishing. Jesus gave us the golden rule. We call it the golden rule. And we've paraphrased it. We say, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That isn't exactly how Jesus said it. What things soever you would have men do unto you, do so unto them. So similar, similar idea. But we call it the golden rule. It's the idea of equality. Treat others the way you want to be treated. How about that? And so there needs to be equity. Number five, love and mercy, love and mercy. They often go together. And what does it mean? It means truly caring, caring. It means caring for other people. Right in chapter three, verse three. And it says, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Verse four says, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. The next blank right in chapter 10, verse 12, chapter 10 and verse 12. And it says, hatred stirreth up strifes. Have you ever had strife in the home? You know where it comes from? Hatred. But love covereth all sins. Real honest to goodness love isn't interested in stirring up a big hornet's nest. It's willing to cover things over. You say, but, but there's some injustices here. They, they hurt me. That's all right. I'll, I'll just absorb it. Love covereth a multitude of sin. Isn't that right? The third blank here is 17 verse nine, chapter 17, verse nine. And it says, he that covereth a transgression seeketh love. A very good example of this is found in Luke chapter 10. And it's the story of the good. What's the next word? There's a picture of him there on the right. The good what? Samaritan. That's right. The good Samaritan. You can read that later. That's a wonderful story of love and mercy, isn't it? There's a pathway that every one of us needs to walk. You need to treat others right. Not just with equity. You need to treat them with love and caring. Yeah, that next door neighbor. Yeah, that next door neighbor. And that brings us to number six. And we're going to stop here. Number six. Speech. Speech. Or the way we communicate. The way we communicate is very important, especially here's why that our speech or our communication, especially that we honor the Lord. That's the next word goes in your blank. We honor the Lord and we bless others. We bless others with our speech. We're told in the new Testament, always let your speech be with salt seasoned with salt. 
Not, let no corrupt communication proceed forth out of your mouth. And we're not finished. So honor the Lord, bless others and not get ourselves into trouble with foolish talk, foolish talk. We're all guilty of it. All of us, me too. I'm guilty of it too. We're all guilty of it. You know, foolish talk can get, get you into trouble. It can, it can really just, I don't know, cook your bacon. Boy, oh boy. It can, it can get you fired. Foolish talk. It can get you divorced. Foolish talk. It can get you kicked out of the house. Foolish talk. It can get you killed. Foolish talk. And so your speech is very, very important. I have a number of verses I'm going to read out to you here. So in your blank, write down chapter 10, verse 11. This one is so, so important. We don't have enough time. I wish we could spend the whole lesson on this one. This number six, chapter 10, verse 11. It says the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked violence. The next blank. Now, usually I, I like to keep all of the verses of one chapter in one blank, but I'm going to do it in two or three different blanks here. But the next one is chapter 10 verses 13 and 14. So same chapter in the lips of him that hath understanding is wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. The next blank chapter 10 verses 19 to 21 in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin folks. What that means is if you're a motor mouth, turn off the engine and throw the key out the window. Stop being a chatterbug, a motor mouth. You, you know, you can't shut up. Don't be that kind of person because that will just ruin things for you. Uh, But verse, verse 19, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Verse 20, the tongue of the just is as choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is little worth. Verse 21, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. Your next blank chapter 10 verses 31 and 32. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward F R O W A R D the froward. It means bent, twisted, perverted. The froward tongue shall be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness, just twisted, perverted words. And there's some people like that. You probably work with, or some people like that, that you go to school with maybe your next door neighbor guy across the street or the lady down the road is like that. Sad, isn't it? All right. The next blank, I want you to write in chapter 15, verse 14, chapter 15, verse 14, the heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. And the last blank here is chapter 16 verses 23 and 24. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as an honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bone. And I put a comment here. Solomon's own son, Rehoboam. 
He ruined it. He made a terrible mess of his kingdom with his foolish talk. And you can read that later in first Kings chapter 12, where the people came back after three days uh, of uh, waiting. And he basically shook his fist at him and said, Oh boy, you're in for it. Now my father chasing you with whips, all chasing you with scorpions. My little finger will be thicker than my father's thigh. And he blew it. His foolish talk lost him the kingdom. Foolishness. He opened his mouth and put his foot right in. So there's so much that we could say on this one here, but I think that's enough for now. So there are six paths. Now, when we get to next week, there's six more. And these are very practical areas. It includes work and money and things like that. And so I really encourage you to be back here next Wednesday, seven o'clock. Don't come late. Make me proud of you. Be here at seven. Let's pray. Our heavenly father, help us to embrace wisdom, to seek it and search for it as for hid treasure to daily pour over your word and look for your riches in glory and teach us father your will. And please help us to walk wisdom's pathways. The world is walking horrible pathways. Lord, teach us your way. Help all of your people to increase in faith and joy and wisdom. And we pray it in Jesus' wonderful name. Yes, we do. Amen. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.